Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. How's it going, Habs fans? This is Episode 5 of the Canadian Connection podcast. It's that time of the week again. It's October 20th, 2018. My guest, as always, Rick Stevens. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And Habs fans should be doing fantastic uh, since our last broadcast. Three games, three wins, and um, second place in the Atlantic Division. Um, Yeah. Who would have thunk, right? Who would have thought? And I misspoke. You were the co-host. I did you a very big uh, disservice in calling you a guest. You are you are the co-host of this podcast. And exactly, who would have thought that we'd be where we are right now? The Canadians played three games in this last week. They won all three of them. And, you know, it's it's apparently the Pittsburgh Penguins. They started off with a 4-3 shootout win, which is apparently ho-hum for these Montreal Canadiens beating a, beating a Pittsburgh Penguins team on a Saturday night. And uh, they just kind of... Uh, kept going off that momentum and and yeah it's 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 quite it's been quite the start to this season and uh i think uh it's it this is going to uh lead us pretty uh pretty early into winners and losers because this has been a a really good week of hockey and we have a lot of winners to choose from and we do have some losers as well and now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the canadians connection so this week, uh, we have a couple of winners, actually. This is, we'll start with Rick Stevens, who has gone the route of two winners, which I like to refer to as the Tomai. The Tomai. <laughs> That's the plural of Thomas. Okay, uh, I'll go with that. Um, and, uh, and yes, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, that, and, and, you know, spelled the same way, uh, missing the H, right? Yeah. Um, Thomas Tatar and Thomas Placanitz. Um, I think that that um, there was uh, some huge question marks when when Thomas Tatar came over. I mean, there was there was quite a few fans who were hopeful. Uh, there was uh, a few fans that were kind of uh, a little <laughs> overzealous in their expectations of of Thomas Tatar. Um, it, you know, replacing uh, Max Pacioretty, and I, I don't think uh, that's going to happen, but he's been a pleasant surprise in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, and currently um, leading the Montreal Canadiens in uh, in points after six games with, uh, with eight, three goals and five assists. Um, a couple of power play points. He, he's, he looks pretty good. And, and, you know the question marks were uh, that that the Vegas Golden Knights gave up a lot, a ton, um, to the Detroit Red Wings in order to secure his services, uh, a, a first, a second, and a third round pick um, nearing near the trade deadline. As and they felt um, Vegas did that that Tatar would be that guy that would put them over the top, that would, would um, make sure that uh, their Stanley Cup run was, was a successful one. Um, and, and, you know, they, they had a successful run. No one denies that, getting all the way yeah. to the final. But Thomas Tatar, um, he didn't play a role in that at all. Um, eight games out of the 20, I, I, they played about 20 playoff games. Yeah. Um, and, and when he did play, not very many minutes, uh, down around the third line and, um, looked completely, I don't know, I, you know, some say lost, some say disinterested. Um, certainly, um, when he arrived in Vegas, he didn't look like he was, uh, appreciative or ready to be there or ready to be part yeah. of the playoff plan. Um, he looked, uh, uh, I don't know, taking shifts off, just, just, uh, not engaging. And, and, uh, it's been a, a completely different Thomas Tatar that we've seen 
in Montreal. Yeah. Now, may, maybe some of that has to do with the fact that he's on the top line. Um, but he's, you know, he's got some, he's got some skill. He's got good hands. He can maneuver in tight areas, um, willing to go to the front of the net. Uh, pretty good shot, a, a good passer, just a, a very creative guy. And we've seen night in and night out. Now it's only been six games, but um, I, he's, he's competing. Wouldn't I, wouldn't you agree? I would absolutely agree. And that was, I saw that early in training camp in the preseason. There's something going there with Philip Deneau and Brendan Gallagher and Montreal is taking complete advantage of that. And, uh, and, and they should, because I don't think at least not for me. And I know that for you as well, that we didn't think that it would be this effective a trio and that Thomas Tatar would be the guy that's been leading the charge offensively, but he very much has been. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more with, with him as being a, a guy that looks very much interested. And, and I don't think that there would have been a better a better choice for one of your winners of the week. And the other, Tomas, um, yeah. the, one, the, the, the one who has a, a little bit of seniority, having played his yeah. thousandth game uh, in the NHL on Monday uh, against the Detroit Red Wings, Thomas Placanitz, um, 1,000 games, um, and, and uh, the majority of those, the, the vast majority, obviously, with the Montreal Canadiens. Um, he was, uh, unfortunately, a healthy scratch for the first three games, but um, he came in, and, and uh, what, what a way to, to uh, play his 1,000th game with getting yeah. a goal. Uh, against the Detroit Red Wings, he he helped write that that script and becoming only the fourth Montreal Canadiens player to score uh, in his a thousandth game. The others being Henri Richard, Larry Robinson, and Alex Kovalev. Um, but you know he's he's I I think kind of almost an unheralded guy. There's there's the complaints yeah, about yeah. Um, you know uh, his offensive performance and and um, and I, I, it's 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 a misunderstanding, I think, of of the role that he's been given by successive coaches, and that is you face the the other team's top offensive threats and you shut them down. And yeah. Placanitz has been one of the best at doing that. Absolutely, one of the best at at um, not only being an excellent defensive player, but also being. A, a huge pain in the ass to play against. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, ask Sidney Crosby. Um, oh yeah. Thomas Buchanan's is one of his most hated players in the, Brad Marchand. In the uh, well, exactly. Yeah. Um, he's been that kind of player that other, other top players don't like to play against. And, and, yeah. uh, and you've got to give him, a lot of credit for that. He's, he's embraced the city. He loves the city. Um, he's, he's been a leader. Um, he's worn the, the A since, uh, the 2009 season up to this season, unfortunately, um, uh, didn't get an A this year, but, um, but up until that point and, and even without the A he's, 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 uh, provided great leadership. We've seen the way he's, he's been with, uh, um, yes, Barry Kotkanemi and, 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 and staying extra time and, and, uh, helping him with the face-offs. And he did the same thing. Um, you know, Arturi Lekkanen uh, was, uh, when he arrived in Montreal, Placanitz was the first player that, that took him under his wing and, and, uh, and helped him and, and sheltered him somewhat. And, um, you know, he's, he's, he's one of those um, great players that just kind of shies away from the spotlight. And we saw that even, even, you know, the, the ceremonies, <laughs> Yeah. Um, he didn't have a lot to say and, and he was shy about wearing that, uh, the new game of Thrones, uh, cape and, and, and that sort of <laughs> thing. Um, so, uh, you know, there's a player who goes out and plays tough minutes, kills penalty, wins faceoffs. He's, he's the guy who coaches, successive coaches have been able, able to rely on for, um, years in Montreal 
and um, it's it's really nice to see him get that recognition. So I thought would extend the recognition uh, as as one of my winners of the week, and the winners going to the two Thomases. Yeah, and I yeah, how could it not be for this week for for Tomas Plakanich? I mean. What's that old song? Uh, don't don't it always seem to go? You don't know what you got till it's gone. What's mm-hmm. Joni Mitchell? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, for me, it was very much like that when he was in Toronto because you know it was it was kind of cool in a weird way to see him in a Leafs jersey. Like it it just didn't it it shouldn't have been that way. But at the same time, I was like, okay, this is pretty cool though. But <laughs> but like at the same time, I didn't fully appreciate the things that he did until we saw other people given those opportunities. And I mean, even though Montreal wasn't a really good team when he was around last year, I mean, there were, there were things that you could notice that, oh, it would be really good to have Thomas Flakanich right about now. So it was a really nice moment, a great ceremony for a class act who's been here, as you mentioned, he, he's been around. And, and even though he's not wearing an A this year, I don't think he really needs it. I think the room knows that Thomas Placanich is Thomas Placanich and he is a leader without having to wear a letter. So uh, two really good choices for your winner of the week or winners of the week, I should say. And uh, shifting gears now to my winner of the week, who is uh, Jacob Della Rose. And I am pretty excited for Jacob Della Rose for, for a couple different reasons. Um, earlier this week, of course, Montreal Canadiens put him through waivers and very early in the process, one of the first teams that could get their hands on Jacob Della Rose made a claim and that was the Detroit Red Wings. And uh, I was talking to a friend of mine and, and I, I cited the Red Wings as a team that I thought that would be a really good fit for him. Uh, of course, a long lineage of, of great Swedish players that have played in Detroit. So for that reason, I was like, ah, maybe, per, maybe perhaps this is a team that'll be interested in a Jacob Della Rose. But number two, he might actually get a chance to play more than 1151 in a game. That was his average time on ice last season was 11 minutes, 51 seconds. And when I tweeted that I was hoping that he would get claimed so he would get an opportunity and a, a fair shot somewhere else, you know, I got a lot of tweets. As you know, Jacob Della Rose is uh, a bit of a, a point of contention on Twitter at times. A guy that draws the ire of some fans for apparently not being offensive enough. And the other half, like, like me, who will defend him and say that, well, he hasn't really been given a chance to. And when you look back to last year, 55 games, four goals, eight assists, 12 points certainly not winning an Art Ross trophy anytime soon. But when you look at his all-around game, the way that he plays, how responsible he is, and people that don't like him were even citing this. I had a tweet come into me from uh, Rick Torius. He said, he got more than a fair shot, good defensively, skates well, zero offense. So I thought that that was a pretty good encapsulation of everything that we've seen the past couple of years because he cites the two things Montreal, like, if you look at the way that Montreal's playing right now, I think that you could say that they probably have a lot of people that are contributing offensively, but maybe they could use a guy like Jacob Delarose to clean up the other half of the game. And to me, this is where it comes down to, is that there are people who have this thing against Jacob Delarose where they will discount the things that he does well and just say, oh, but he's got zero offense, though. He can't put the puck in the net. What if he doesn't have to? And then you go to another thing, which is that Nikita Sherback hasn't played either. And what's his perceived problem from not only the, the, the Habs organization, but fans as well? Oh, well, he's not trustworthy enough. He's not reliable enough. And Jakob Delarose, the guy that has zero offense, is trustworthy. So isn't there an easy solution in that whole thing would be play them together and the two young players, Jakob Della Rose, at 23 years old, still developing, could maybe learn a few things from his more offensively creative teammate. And maybe Nikita Sherback picks up some things too. So for me, this was a long time coming, but you knew that it was probably going to get to this point with Jakob Della Rose because 
at a certain point, you knew that the organization is just going to run out of, of patience, even though it wasn't warranted, even though he should probably have been given a chance to show that he was much more than just a guy that, you know, played good defensively, skated well. And even when I say that, like, where's the issue? I, to me, I, I couldn't think of anyone, anyone else for my winner of the week. It had to be Jacob De La Rose. It's a terrific choice. And, and in winter, it's, it's recognizing that it's the best possible um, yeah. situation for him getting a new chance with a new organization and hopefully one who hasn't uh, closed their mind the way the Montreal Canadiens organization did. Um, yeah. It's funny. I, the, when, when it happened, uh, when he was claimed, I thought back to um, a couple of years ago, uh, I was in the, the, the basement, the, the bowels of, of uh, arena in Binghamton and, and walking through. And I ran into Sven Andraghetto. Um And it was near the beginning of the season. And, and Sven had just gone through waivers uh, and come from, from Montreal uh, down to the ice caps. And, and uh, I said, uh, Sven, oh, th- so happy that uh, you made it through waivers and you're still with the, the Montreal Canadiens. And he looked at me like, I was insane. And I, yeah. <laughs> and I thought, um, okay, I didn't, I, you know, I hadn't considered, I hadn't considered that, um, you know, sometimes uh, players know the way that they're, they're, they're uh, thought of and, and dealt with in the organization and they're looking for a new chance. Yeah. Um, and and so uh, it, it made me that much happier uh, when I thought of that for uh, Jacob De La Rose and and you know we've covered him since since he was drafted. Um, yeah, I remember the very first uh, interview I had with him in Lake Placid um, after drafting, and he was uh, you know preparing for World Juniors in the at that point it was called the National Junior Evaluation Camp in yeah, for Team Sweden and in Lake Placid and shy and, and, uh, but very polite. Um, and, and I, I must say that, that, um, he was always very cautious around the media until yeah. he got to know whether you had an agenda or not. And, and, yeah. you know, um, unfortunately the majority, uh, did have an agenda and, and so he was right to be cautious, but I think that that led to him being a little bit misunderstood and a little bit, standoffish and he wasn't at all yeah uh, no yeah fun loving kind of guy uh, particularly around his teammates um but uh, you know it, it's it's uh was he given a fair shot of course not um i i know people that don't follow the ahl closely or don't follow the prospects closely thoughts thought that he was but of course not no um you know the complaint was always about his his offense. Um, yet when he was uh, sent to St. John's, I remember, um, I remember him being uh, the, the, after a training camp. Um, it was the training camp where Paul Byron was brought in at the last minute, claimed on waiver at the last minute, and it was Jacob De La Rose who who um, suffered because of it. He was he yeah. had made the opening night roster and then was sent down to St. John's and. Um, and so the complaint was, oh, well, it makes sense because his, of his offense. And what happened when he was in St. John's? He was on the third line in a, in a shutdown role. He was uh, playing the PK, not the power play. Um, and before anyone blamed Sylvain Lefebvre, those orders came directly from Mark Bergevin about where he was to play and what line he was to play and how he was to play. Um, so... Uh, complain all you wish about the the offense, but the Canadians, that's what they wanted. They they developed yep. what they got, um, and it showed that that when um, Jacob De La Rose got a chance, as he did last year with with a couple of injuries, he filled in for Jonathan Drouin. In fact, uh, the Detroit game this week reminded me of the the ten one game last December, Canadians <laughs> over Detroit, where first line center who was it? Jacob De La Rose and and when he got those chance playing got the chances playing with skilled players uh he 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 played playing with Galchenyuk and others he thrived and went on uh, short mini 
uh, scoring streaks. So um, he's going to be great for them, uh, for Detroit. Yeah. I'm happy. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's got size. He's a defensive player. He protects the puck well. Good face-off guy, uh, and just a just a decent guy. I'm 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 happy with your choice, and and couldn't support yeah. it more. And uh, yeah, so all the best to uh, Jakob Della Rose in Detroit, and uh, we'll move very quickly now on to the losers of the week. So Rick, who has been who is your choice for this week? A week that might be a little bit difficult to come up with uh, with a player for a loser, but who is your choice? Well, I, ch- I chose uh, Charles Sudan, and uh, I like him. I like him as a, as a player. He's a player that uh, covered extensively uh, in the AHL with the Ice Caps, uh, and um, I mean the the I mentioned Sven Andrigetto before. We know uh, Mark Bergevin said that one of the reasons that uh, Andrigetto was uh, sent to Colorado was to clear the decks for Charles Sudan. Um, and, um, I guess we haven't seen, uh, him embrace the opportunity this year, but, but it's tough to do so in a fourth line role. Uh, Houdon is a, is a kind of a one dimensional, um, offensive player. His, his defensive work is still a work in progress. Um, and it's tough when you're playing eight and nine minutes a game on the fourth line, as an offensive player to get any kind of rhythm going. Um, you know, he isn't the, the best, he, he's, he's a below average skater um, uh, on a, on now a very quick team. Um, yeah. So we've, we've seen him run into, uh, to, to take a couple of bad penalties. Um, he's very smart. He's, he can find those, those areas uh, on the ice. Um, he can find open ice. Uh, and and make himself open. It's just uh, you know for him to be seen, noticed, and and successful, he needs to be with um, more offensive-minded um, players, and and he's just not getting that opportunity right now. So uh, unfortunately, that's um, because he hasn't opportunity, and and uh, he's now finding himself uh, on the outside looking in with uh, with Nicholas Delorier back. Um, yeah. I had to name him my loser of the week. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's the way it goes. Unfortunately. I mean, as you mentioned, not much of a, a real chance with eight, nine minutes trying to be an offensive guy, but you know, there, there's still an opportunity to be seized and maybe he didn't really do that to the fullest of his, of his capabilities this week. And um, so my loser of the week, and you you almost went this route last week with your loser of the week, where it was almost a fan that was uh, at the home opener, where when they uh, introduced Serge Savard and, and Jacques Demers, that kind of popped up and uh, and kind of lessened the moment a little bit. I'm gonna go with a, a trend that I've noticed on Twitter that you've noticed on Twitter, and it kind of has to do with your winner of the week actually, which is Thomas Tatar, and. The one thing that I'm going to say is that it's fine to be excited about Tomas Tatar. It's fine. And it's not even people are excited about him being as good as he's been so far. And that Nick Suzuki is also a part of that trade and that he's coming and that's fine. But the amount of disrespect that I've seen for Max Pacioretty on Twitter is absolutely ridiculous because you talked last week when you introduced your winner of the week, which was Carey Price, about how if you've had any joy in your life as a Habs fan the past five years, it's because of Carey Price. Well, the one thing that Carey Price can't do is score goals. And if there's a guy that's right up there with him for a Habs fan, if you had any joy in your life at all, it's Max Pacioretty. Because Max Pacioretty was the only guy for that four year stretch that Montreal was near the top of the division where he was the only guy that could score on a consistent basis. And I look, I say this as somebody that wasn't, was not a huge Pacioretty guy. There was always a thought that I had that he could maybe give you a little bit more, but even with that, there has to be a certain level of respect for not only a guy that is, fourth in game-winning goals the last five seasons behind only Alex Ovechkin, Sean Monaghan, and, and Brad Marchand, but also a captain 
a guy that was the captain for the Montreal Canadiens. When you think about the history of the captain in Montreal and everything that, the, everything that comes with it, the responsibilities and everything, and the way that, as you mentioned when we were talking about uh, how uh, a few weeks ago about how Shea Weber spoke French, how he had trilingual, trilingual kids that spoke French, that how he embraced the city. It's, it's disheartening to see that amount of, 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 uh, of slander towards Max Pacioretty on Twitter because it, where would we be without Max Pacioretty the past four years? You go back to the 2013-14 season. Do we make it to the third round? Do we? I don't think we do. I mean, I know that he wasn't especially great in the playoffs in, in his, his time in Montreal, but even still, we wouldn't get to the playoffs to have that. And even then, he did score a game-winning goal against Tampa Bay in the first round. So to me, like this, it's just disheartening to see it because I think Max Pacioretty is a guy that deserves better than, than, than he's been getting on Twitter recently. And unfortunately, hasn't had the the fast start in Las Vegas that Tomas Tatar has had here, but you know, I think it's still important to pay respects to a guy that that's been, you know, that was a huge part of, of success in Montreal. Yeah. Um, there shouldn't be any criticism of Pat, Pat He gave everything uh, to Montreal. Yeah. He um, uh, was a great camp captain, uh, showed great leadership in a, in a, I mean, he uh, the, all of the work that he did uh, with his, with the charities, uh, he wasn't the kind of guy that that demanded um, his name on an atrium or anything like that. He did it in a quiet way, um, yeah. and um, he's he, you know, one of the the more feared uh, offensive players in the NHL, and and uh, some Canadians fans just didn't seem to appreciate that. I, I remember that yeah. article in the. Tribune um, back by Jonathan Quick and said when when Pacioretty was coming down the wing, absolutely the most the the only guy that that made him nervous because he said uh, that Pacioretty's wrist shot was the most lethal in the NHL. Um, yeah, and um, uh, I, I think that the criticism was um, kind of uh, two pronged. Um, you had uh, certain segments of, of the fan base and media actually who uh, believe that a, an American should never be a captain of the Canadians. And uh, Gionta went through uh, a lot of that and, yeah. and uh, unfortunately Max did. Uh, and then you also have the very vocal uh, Subanites who, who thought that, uh, or who blamed Pacioretty as the reason that, that uh, PK was shipped out, um, which, which just wasn't accurate. Um, I think that, that, uh, Max had a rough season last year and that was based, I, I think if, uh, people want anybody to blame, you can blame, uh, Mark Bergevin, uh, that, uh, Max didn't have, uh, Radulov by his side. Those two were a pretty deadly combination the, the year they prior. Were. Um, so I, yeah, it's, it's sad to see people taking shots at him, um, unfairly, uh, yeah. unreasonably. Um, and uh, he he deserves uh, he deserves the credit for um, the way he acted as captain and and for uh, the way that he grew up in the system played in Hamilton came up and 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 was a, a star in Montreal. Yeah, and uh, I think that if uh, you know he he's he's got time he's got time to turn it around in Las Vegas and and hopefully the fans of the Montreal he's coming back. I think it's November 10th. If I remember correctly, I looked it up earlier that when uh, Vegas comes back to Montreal, I hope that the fans will give him what he deserves in a, in a very, uh, a nice ocean. So when we come back, we're going to talk about entertainment and uh, are you not entertained? Well, we're going to talk about it and we're going to talk about some roster decisions that are coming up and maybe that are getting put off for a little while. So, Keep it locked. We'll be right back. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, 
or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas, sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast. We were talking about winners and losers in the last segment. And another thing that we're going to talk about right now is entertainment. Um, And there were some very interesting comments that were made by Claude Julien past week when he said that we are in the the entertainment business when you really look at it. And we've got to give a good product. Now, those are some very interesting things to say to the media. and, and me and Rick kind of went back and forth talking about this, and uh, we thought that it might be a very interesting topic of conversation, and that's why it is also a part of the question of the week that we're going to get to a little later on in the show, which is, what is your priority? That your team is entertaining regardless of outcome, or resolutely focus on winning a Stanley Cup? So, Rick, we'll turn it over to you. What were your thoughts when you saw that quote? Well, um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I have a bit of a an old school view of this, but uh, I understand that uh, that sports is an entertainment product. I understand that sports is is a business product. Um, but it makes me really uncomfortable when the hockey operations side, particularly the head coach, is talking about entertaining that he has in his mind that he has to put out an entertaining lineup. I want him to be focused purely, purely on a winning lineup or on developing a winning lineup. Um, Not so much on entertaining the fans. And it it goes back to, you know, we heard this at, um, at the, the postmortem, uh, following and and everybody said last year and and there's there there was no no dispute it was a disastrous season last year yeah um, and um, uh, Jeff Molson spent a a long time talking about the two things that were going to be his his focus and that was transparency and communications and a better more entertaining um, game experience. Um, and uh, sure, um, y- you know, uh, make changes to the, 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 the jumbotron, make, make changes to the t-shirt cannon contests, you know, uh, yeah. go ahead, but, but, uh, leave the, the hockey stuff, leave the, to the hockey operations. What, uh, what we didn't know is that 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 mandate coming down from Jeff Molson was communicated as a you know a must do for all parts of the organization um, you know i was I was surprised 
that the Canadians reportedly spent $18 million on providing a better in-game experience this year. $18 million. Um, and, and and still charging $15 for beer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So they've, they've, they've worked on improving the food quality uh, and variety, the speed of service, um, uh, more, more varieties of beer. Uh, They closed the Canadians hall of fame. Okay. So if you, you weren't, you know, you think, um, oh, there's a change here as as far as as uh, the strategy, the philosophy. Um, you know, the philosophy that that we know or that I know uh, is the one that that we heard from Kevin Gilmore. Kevin Gilmore was the former CEO, um, and and it was at a at a, a marketing conference that he revealed the 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 Canadians' philosophy. And that was marketing the selling the past, selling the past um, 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 of success, the, the the 24 cups. It was it was he said that we're dealing with fanatics, fans, fanatics. And he said, yeah. nobody, nobody is going to spend three hundred dollars to watch a losing team. So we have to sell the past. We have to. Um, you know, when, when David Darnay steps on the ice, we have to make them think it's Yvonne Cornway. Um, and, and, and that was, that was, that was, yeah, it takes a lot of work. Um, <laughs> but they, but they did it. Um, but now we have, we, you know, Gilmore's moved on. We have, we have new people in place and particularly this new marketing guru and Paul Wilson. Um, and, and the, you know, empty seats was a was a, a big discussion point over the summer. Um, Jeff Molson doesn't like empty seats, uh, not only from, from a revenue standpoint, but from a, an appearance standpoint. Yeah. Uh, the, the Montreal Canadiens are not supposed to have empty seats, and in fact, the game against um, the Red Wings this past week. Uh, was not a sellout. Was not a sellout. And I know we've seen yeah. um, we've seen empty seats before, but those seats have been sold. Uh, but yeah. this was the first time in 14 years since January 8th, uh, 2004, uh, 583 games, the longest streak in the in the NHL. There's a first time on Monday that it wasn't a sellout. Yeah. So. Um, did you find it odd, a little bit odd, a tad odd, that Thomas Pekanitz was a healthy scratch for the first three games of the season? Uh, wouldn't it? Be, I, wouldn't it? Have, yeah. Wouldn't it have been interesting? Wouldn't it have been a little bit more um, memorable for Thomas Pekanitz to play his thousandth game on Saturday, a Saturday night crowd, national TV audience? Wouldn't that make, in the old Montreal Canadiens uh, regime, wouldn't that have made more sense? Why was Thomas Placanitz sat out so that his thousandth game uh, coincide with the day that the Canadians can't sell tickets, mm. are having a hard time selling tickets? Yeah. Um, it's just It's just odd. I mean... Uh, the Canadians have have done things that they've never done before. They've had trouble selling season tickets. Um, they've announced these student Tuesdays where college students get discount seats and and beer. Um, you know, we've seen we have a, a partnership with a secondary ticket uh, uh, vendor in Ticket IQ, the best out there. If you need Canadians tickets, go to Ticket IQ. We have a link on our our site. Uh, they're the only ones that, who are uh, on the secondary market that are 100% guaranteed. Uh, that little plug for them because they deserve <laughs> it. Um, but, you know, um, I, it, it, just seems, it just seems odd. So they've improved, they've improved the in-game, the food, the, the video presentation. They put videos. If you go, walk through the concourse, there's video screens everywhere. They have new 250-seat. Um, 
cocktail lounge. They have all these kinds of improvements. But is the coach now thinking, I gotta get, I gotta get Nicholas Delory in the lineup because he plays exciting hockey. Montreal fan, he plays that game that they like. Do we need to get Xavier Ouellette in the lineup ahead of Carl Alsner? Do we need Matthew Pekka because he can speak to the fans afterward? I mean, if if this is in the head of the 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 head coach of the Montreal Canadiens, is he making different decisions than he would otherwise? Yeah. It, that that's my that is my question. And um you know, the Canadians aren't going to win the Stanley Cup this year. No. They aren't. But. Hate to break it to you. There's, a, there's, a, there's an incremental process and a developmental process. And so should the Canadians have Brett Learnout in the lineup instead of, you know, um, Wallet or, or whoever should, should um uh, Kokanemi be getting uh, more in minutes against Detroit, the, 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 the lopsided loss. Why not have them out there all the time learning? Um, yeah. But maybe it's not as exciting hockey. I just, I mean, the, Mitch Melnick um, wrote an article and said, the Canadians are cool again. Well, that's great. But, but um, you know, it'd be really cool to win a Stanley Cup after this yeah. long 25-year drought. It would be, and that's this is where, this is where I, you know, kind of you made a lot of great points there, and I agree with everything, and even that the coach probably shouldn't be addressing it. But the one thing that I will say is this: when you are exciting, those empty seats go away. When you are entertaining, those empty seats go away. And the thing that they have to do now, because like you mentioned, they're not going to win a Stanley Cup this year, so. What can they accomplish? What can they do? They can become entertaining. Because if we take a stroll down recent memory, just down memory lane a little ago, about four years ago, in the, in the heart of the Michelle Therrien era, where Montreal was winning games by just hanging on by the skin of their teeth in a 2-1 win, yeah, that's great. But is it entertaining? No, it wasn't. And you can only get so far with just getting by and being, you know, more focused on the defensive side of it. And they got there in the third round in 2014, and that was great, but they were only ever going to get that far with it. So if you have a drastic shift in what your focuses are as a team and you focus on speed and skill, then I think that you've accomplished something this year that, three or four years time will be in, will be very important in you getting to where you want to be. And that would be the end goal, which is a Stanley cup because everyone that answers the question of the week should think that you should be focused on winning a Stanley cup, but the small steps that it takes to get to that point are just as important as the large steps that come in May or June of whatever year it would be that the Montreal Canadiens are in that conversation. So for them to do this right now, I think is, is very important. You know, you've had a strong start, pretty unexpected, but you've had a strong start and you've done it because your offense is here. And it's really good because Carey Price for a lot of years would have to make 40 saves for you to even have a chance. So now I think that, the Montreal Canadiens, even though the coach probably shouldn't be addressing entertainment value as, as a, you know, to the media before a game, I think it's important that they make this shift and make this, this change because it won't, even, it won't just fill those seats. It'll change their perception from around the league, and perhaps it'll, it'll change their perception from players that are entering free agency that are looking for a chance to win, and they see that there's an experience an excitement and an entertaining team in Montreal again, and they want to go there and experience it firsthand. So are we there yet? No, but with an entertaining team, could we get there? Maybe who knows? So that's where I think that it's important to address the entertainment value of a hockey team, 
but at the same time, you can't put all your eggs in that basket. Um, that, so that's fair. No, I I, yeah. I I think that's fair, and I I think I think it's just a um, you know the the point is subtle, but it's yeah. it's a it's a it's a mindset about the philosophy philosophy of an organization, and yeah. um, uh, we've seen that that some organizations say th- this is it's it's Stanley Cup uh, or bust. That's it. That's our only uh, direction. That the Canadians obviously have not been that way uh, the past few yeah. years. They've made decisions based on, on uh, their place in the, in the city and the province language, all kinds of, of other uh, conflicting kind of decisions. And uh, so this is a, this is another uh, uh, slight deviation in, in the policy and we'll, we'll, we'll see if it works. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I think it's a it's a it's a worthy debate and and uh, we've we've got some uh, responses that we're going to read in the next segment. But if if yeah. uh, if uh, you're out there, we still want to hear from you. Go to the uh, uh, All Habs Facebook page, uh, the fan page on Facebook. Go to uh, one of our our many Twitter accounts and and uh, give us feedback. Tell us what you think about it. Yeah, for sure. And. So another thing that we were just kind of wanted to talk about was some, the roster decisions, the impending roster decisions, because we talked about losing Jacob Delarose through waivers. Montreal, I think would probably want to avoid a scenario in which they would lose Nikita Sherback the same way or someone else the same way. So after his 1000th game, Tomas Plakanic, it was, uh, he was put on injured reserve with a lower back issue. And uh, I don't want to lessen back injuries because, boy, are they not fun. But uh, is this a bit of a convenient time for Tomasz Plakanic to be put on IR? It's it's an interesting question. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, we saw, um, and again, don't want to, to finish uh, heart issues, but uh, this mysterious cardiac episode, which could be nothing more than a, you know, a, a, an elevated re- reading heart rate. Um, yeah. But it was never really explained uh, why, why uh, Jacob De La Rose went on IR when they needed his spot, when they needed yeah. that spot at the beginning of training camp and, and, or at the end of training camp. And, um, and for Thomas Pocan, it's his, his, injury comes rather conveniently for the Montreal Canadians. And, and just after, you know, the Canadians on Twitter had, had posted uh, uh, after the Wednesday game, him cavorting, uh, him swinging his kids around, uh, Matthias and Adam, <laughs> the two boys, they were climbing all over him. He was swinging them around. And um, so, I, I mean, you, might do things with kids even even if it does cause you pain but uh, and 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 you know i hope that thomas pacanitz gets uh gets well but it's it's um you know you want to get the laurier in the in the lineup for that entertainment <laughs> value <laughs> you don't want to take out uh pekka although he did set one game uh, for his, you know, his speed and excitement, he's a terrible defensive player, but but has been the worst defensive player for the Canadians this season. Uh, but but very exciting for that entertainment value. Um, I it's it's uh, it's interesting, but you know, to your point, um, my goodness, wouldn't I know that that Claude Julien is is not fond, or at least it's. He has the track record of not being fond of uh, Russian players, but wouldn't Nikita Sherback be exciting? We've seen him in the AHL be incredibly dynamic, incredibly exciting. Yep. Um, I th- I think I think you'd want Nikita Sherback to pump up the entertainment value. Uh, if I was if I was in that that situation, I think that you're right, and um, yeah, I mean it's. Uh... It's certainly a, a question for uh, that's worth debating because Nikita Sherback is dynamic. He is all of uh, he is entertaining. He's all of those things. So you know, and and Nick Delorier, you know, I understand the appeal. You know, hometown guy, grind, plays that old school 
Claude Julian style of hockey. But at the same time, I mean, if you're valuing entertainment, then uh, I think that Nikita Sherback is, is much more suited to entertaining than, uh, than Nick Delorier. Uh, so after the break, we're going to talk about this unexpected strong start from the Montreal Canadiens. We're going to get to your responses in the question of the week. What is your priority, winning a Stanley Cup or being entertaining? So after the break, we're going to get all that and bad tweets. So stick around. We'll be right back. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Here on Canadians Connection, we're talking about entertainment value. We're going to get to that a little later on this segment with the question of the week. But uh, before we get there, it's been a rather unexpected strong start for the Montreal Canadiens. As I mentioned at the top of the show, they went 3-0 and this past week. They started with a 4-3 shootout win over the Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday night last week. Uh, in Tomas Plekanec, uh, Thomas Plekanec's 1,000th game. They beat Detroit 7-3, and then on Wednesday, they beat the St. Louis Blues 3-2, a rather interesting stat. The last time before that game, the Canadians beat the St. Louis Blues was three years ago to this day, October 20th, 2015, in a 3-0 shutout over the St. Louis Blues. The Blues have had their number ever since that date until this past Wednesday when they, the Montreal Canadiens got that 3-2 win. So when we talk about the strong start for the Montreal Canadiens, and I mean, it's going to get more difficult. You have a little bit more of a ramp up in, in your schedule. You got Washington that are coming to town soon enough. You've got Tampa Bay that you're going to encounter. So, but, but what about this past week stood out? What was, what was entertaining? There's the buzzword. What was, what was the, the fun part of this past week for you? The, um, I, the the Blues game, uh, you know, I think uh, if if we look at the the any game, I, I expected that to be the toughest test. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cer- certainly, the Leafs um, uh, are you know flying high and 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 uh, opening night, but the the Canadians Leafs the rivalry as as we spoke about it at the time doesn't matter where you are in the standings; those games are always competitive. So I, the kind of of hockey that that the blues play 
and some were saying that the Blues were the most improved team in the summer, the additions they made. Uh, the blue line is is uh, pretty pretty strong. Um, yeah. Might have been the toughest test, but um, the Blues just didn't look like the Blues. And, and certainly it's not only been a, against the Canadians. The, the St. Louis Blues haven't lived up to expectations at all this season. Yeah. Um, you know, we saw, saw the, the usually reliable Colton Pareko, that bad turnover uh, that led to uh, Brendan Gallagher's goal with 9.7 seconds left. Um, Jake Allen, three. The Canadians scored three. They were three bad goals. Um, yeah. <laughs> three soft goals. There's no the, – the long wrister from Mike Riley, uh, the, the routine backhand, uh, the only play that Domi had, 39 seconds in, that was a bad goal. Uh, and, I, yeah. I mean, it was Pareko's – the third goal was Pareko's fault, but – but um, you know, Tatar got it up to, to Gallagher, and he just kind of chipped it. I, I didn't like uh, the way Allen looked on that either. Um, so, I mean, the Canadians, Canadians are pressing. They're using speed. They're playing well. Uh, they're getting, as, as Michelle Terrian would say, puck luck. They're getting more mm-hmm. than their share this year. And, and maybe that's fair because, you know, there's been other years where they haven't gotten puck luck. But they're getting it. Um, and, and they're playing as they always do. The Canadians always play, a kind of a soft schedule, a home friendly schedule in October. And, and that's, you know, other than last year, we've seen, uh, strong starts from the Canadians they are kind of typical, um, yeah. it's November that gets to be a bit of a grind. So, um, let's, let's enjoy this. Let's, uh, mm-hmm. moderate our expect- expectations yeah. a little bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, I hope that, that, uh, they continue, uh, playing the style that they're playing and, and, uh, and getting the breaks that they have been. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the way that they've been playing to start this season, I don't know how many people would have expected this, but as as you're talking about the St. Louis blues, I mean, it was the same kind of thing that I was talking about after the Kings game was that those are the teams that are going to give them problems. Because the teams that punish you, teams that grind you down, and those and the Blues, even though they have to your to uh, to your point that they they haven't played up to the level of expectation, but though that looks like a team that's going to grind you down. Like you have uh, Ryan O'Reilly out there. He is, you know, everyone who knows anything about Ryan O'Reilly knows that he is one of the best two-way players in this league. And then you look at that blue line as stout as it gets. I mean, Colton Pareko, I know that he whipped on that puck, but he is a really good player. Alex Petrangelo struggled. And uh, that's been a point that's been kind of, uh, that's, that's been uh, going around the league for a little while now is that he has not gotten off to a good start. So to your point, they came out and they played really, really well. So hopefully that they're able to keep this up. But as I mentioned, I mean, after tonight, you're facing Calgary, Buffalo, eh, but then you got Boston, Dallas, Washington, Tampa Bay. So, it's going to get tough. And, and like you said, November is usually when it starts to even out a little bit for Montreal, because if you remember a couple of years ago, the 2015, 16 season, they did start off remarkably with, with, uh, it was 10, 0 and 0, something like that. It was ridiculous. And you know, it all, it all, it will always comes back to earth in some form. So with those teams coming in a team like Tampa, a team like Washington, just relax. It's it's early. It's great that they've been playing as well as they have, but to your point, it usually evens out in November. Um, and so and mark on your there. calendars. Yeah. On your calendars, Mark. Well, first mark November fifth because that's my birthday. But yeah, um, the yeah, following yeah. the following week is going to be the week you want to mark on your calendars. That's the dreaded Western Canadian road trip where they get the Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, they get the Oilers, the Flames, and uh, the Vancouver Canucks. And, and that's always been a, a bit of a, a, a difficult road trip for the Canadians. And, and uh, yeah. I, I, think, I think how they, how they make it through that week is going to be uh, uh, really telling on, on what we can expect uh, uh, the rest of the way. Yeah, and just before they head out west, I mentioned earlier that when we were talking about Max Pacioretty, he does return. I was, I was correct in saying that it was the 10th of November, so I'll confirm that right now. 
the 10th of November. So if you want to mark, if you want to just highlight that whole week, you can. <laughs> they go out west, but before that, yeah, yeah exactly. It's going to be an interesting week that week. So so keep it uh, keep it on your calendars, folks. Uh, so I guess we'll move right along to the question of the week, which we were kind of touching on a little bit earlier when we were talking about entertainment value and and Claude Julian saying that the Montreal Canadiens are in the entertainment business. So the question of the week was, what is your priority? That your team is entertaining regardless of outcome, resolutely focused on winning a Stanley Cup. And uh, we've been getting responses since it's been, uh, since it was posted up at the All Habs account. And uh, we just, uh, we want to read some of your replies. Um, I know that you had had one that you were, specifically you wanted to read. So I'll let you do the honors on that one. Well, there's, yeah, there's two, uh, Mark Lascutra, who uh, used to be part of our rocket sports team. Um, yeah. Um, less, less scooter, less scooter uh, on Twitter uh, says focus always has to be on winning the cup, but I think that it's obvious that this year and next year aren't the years for that, which is kind of what, what we had said, stay the course, focus on yeah. development and minutes for the players that will be here three to five years. So that, that's what I was saying. Maybe players like, like, uh, uh, Kokanemi is going to, he's going to make mistakes, but maybe, um, we might want to see a bit more ice time, uh, for him. Um, the, the yeah. tweet that I think kind of encapsul- encapsulates what I was trying to express earlier is from, uh, Daniel Lemieux and it's Lemieux Dan on Twitter. Uh, and he says simply and succinctly, the ultimate entertainment is winning the Stanley cup. The ultimate entertainment is winning the Stanley cup. There's, you know, there's yeah. the, there's the uh, immediate gratification uh, by these, these, uh, you know, wow. Um, there was a big hit there from Nicholas Delorier. We really enjoyed that. Or there's the raising of the Stanley cup uh, at the bell center. If you can just, yeah delay that gratification for a bit. I like Daniel Lemieux's tweet. The ultimate entertainment yeah. is winning the Stanley cup. And uh, I couldn't agree more with that. I think that, you know, making any small steps towards that final goal, that's the ultimate goal of every team. So if you can make a small step this year and then try to uh, get to the point where you reach that ultimate entertainment value and, and winning a Stanley cup, then I'm all there for that. Um, so yeah, I mean we've we've had a, a good few responses. You mentioned Marks and, and Chris G chimes in as well. At Chris Habs 360 says the ultimate focus should be the Stanley Cup. But considering the state of the current roster, this year's focus is developing the younger players to achieve that goal. So that's very much the same kind of thing that Mark was saying, where this year you might focus a little bit differently than 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 other teams, considering that you're in a little bit of a transition period. So very much. Uh, a question where I think everyone's kind of on the same page that that winning the cup is the goal and that's the entertainment that you should be striving for. But, you know, maybe sometimes it's not, uh, not within the, uh, the realm of possibility. So uh, do you have, let's, let's see if you have a bad tweet this week. I think I do. You think you do. All right. Well, I think that I it's think just about time. For bad tweets. Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets on the Canadian's Connection. Now, there would be a lot of candidates this week. I mean, basically, my, my loser of the week could have been the, uh, the, the bad tweet segment. But uh, you found something else to, uh, to focus in on for this, this week's uh, segment of bad tweets. Well, I'm going to give a, uh, um, you know, an honorary runner-up, let's say, um, to uh, Jeff, Jeff Long, and he's a, a Bell Media f- uh, guy, um, the CTV Morning Live um, show. Uh, he says, and, and I'm including this based on um, what we discussed, what, what you picked as your uh, loser of the week. Um, yeah. And um, he tweets, early returns indicate that Habs have fleeced Vegas in the Max Pacioretty trade. And I don't, uh, I don't know what he's basing that on. Um, you know, if it's a simple, uh, Tatar has these many goals and, and Max Patrick has these many, it's silly. It's, 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 it's very silly. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, you know, 
call it fair, call it even, call it whatever you want, but it certainly isn't wasn't a fleecing. Um, no. But my winner goes to uh, Montreal Sports World. You can always uh, go there for <laughs> to find bad tweet <laughs> candidates. And he says, if Galley is your best player, you're a glorified AHL team. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I, you know, Brendan Gallagher, I, I don't know if there's anybody uh, in our listening audience that, that uh, maybe there are a few who shares that, but with uh, leading the, the Canadians in goals uh, with four, and he's got five points, second in scoring, um, and his heart and soul kind of guy and, and uh, an alternate captain, I don't think that uh, Brendan Gallagher... Um, uh, is the guy that uh, <laughs> that represents an AHL roster. So uh, he'll get my bad tweet of the week. That is a much-deserved bad tweet of the week. That is, my, my goodness, I, I can't even really comprehend that. How, I mean, I know that they were bad last year, but he still put up 31 goals. I mean, there's always a, a decent player on a really bad team, and that was – Brendan Gallagher last year and I think it was fair to say that he's more than decent with 31 goals and this year I mean he and he and Tomas Tatar really led the charge offensively so I uh, I really have no idea where that's coming from and uh, yeah that's that's a good pick for the bad tweet of the week um, wow okay so uh, <laughs> I mean I think that's as probably a good a time as any to, to end this episode I don't think you're going to top that uh, so uh we would like to thank you for listening to us. You can uh, you can keep tweeting us in with your responses to the question of the week. What is your priority? Entertaining regardless of outcome or winning a Stanley Cup. So you can keep tweeting us in with those responses. You can follow me on Twitter at JoeWhalen19. Rick is manning the All Habs account at All Habs. And this podcast, you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Habs Connection. And, uh, yeah, so, Rick, do you have anything, uh, anything you like to say before we uh, – before we sign off well we love when you join us live we love when you tweet us live but this podcast is available uh, as well uh, that don't catch us live and want to uh, uh, take the podcast with you go to your favorite podcast um, uh, location platform um, whether that's iTunes whether it's TuneIn Radio uh, any of them and look for Rocket Sports Radio. Rocket Sports Radio, search that, and you'll, you'll uh, get a copy of this podcast and also the From the Press Box podcast. Uh, always looking to, to engage with you, either on Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, or, or any of our other accounts. So uh, look forward to doing that this week. Yeah, and it's going to be a really entertaining week of hockey. See what I did there. <laughs> so we'll be right back here with you next week. That is October 27th, I'll be at 1 Eastern, that's 2.30 Newfoundland time. We'll see you right back here with another episode of Canadians Connection. Thank you for tuning in. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.